Welcome back to the MNT Bank Center for Women in Business podcast. Today, our guest is Sarah Lawson, Assistant Professor of Biology at Quinnipiac. She graduated with a Bachelor of Science in Biology from the University of New Mexico and a PhD in Biological Sciences with a concentration in Ecology and Evolution from Vanderbilt University. She continued her training as a National Science Foundation postdoctoral research fellow at the University of New Hampshire. In 2022, Professor Lawson became an AAUW facilitator helping students prepare for salary negotiation in their careers. In this episode for the MT Bank Center for Women in Business podcast, she speaks on the importance of salary negotiation for women in their chosen field. Join us in welcoming Professor Lawson to our podcast. Thank you so much, Professor Lawson, for joining us today. Um, yeah, thanks for thanks for having me today, sir. I'm really happy to talk about this issue. Um, I've been a member of the AUW, which is the American Association of University Women, for a long time. When I heard about this opportunity, I thought it would be really interesting. I got it to do um, a week long training to to set it up, um, and I was kind of concerned about this issue. Right, women are paid 82 cents for the dollar that men are paid. This is due to a multitude of reasons that we talk about in the class. Um, but that, if you like added that all up, that's almost $400,000 over the course of a 40 year, um, career compared to males and women of color are even more impacted by this pay discrepancy than, um, white women, but it's not really just a women's issue, right? It's an economic issue. Now that women are the breadwinners also in families, it can impact a lot of kids as well. So some estimates are that if the pay gap was to close tomorrow, 2.5 million children would be lifted out of poverty in the U.S. So it's really a family issue that women are not able to um, negotiate or don't feel like they're prepared to negotiate their salaries in the way that men have kind of been trained for. So I really liked this training in that now I can actually work with students who are about to enter the career field in their first negotiation. Yeah, that's amazing. Those stats, I haven't heard those. So it's really shocking just to hear um, really just how much of an issue it is and how many people um, the pay gap affects. So I'll move on to my next question, just about your personal journey. I want to know how it's shaped your perspective on the importance of salary negotiation and how it continues to affect you today. Yeah, I mean, we still, I know a lot of women personally who are getting paid less than their male counterparts. So it's a very frustrating thing that I I talk with female colleagues across the country. Obviously, I know a lot of female professors, but women in any kind of career field, I'm seeing that. So um, I think that's personally affected. I was really lucky that I had some really good mentorship um, coming into my job at Quinnipiac. So I was able to confidently negotiate, but that was just because I had luckily had that mentorship and a lot of women don't have that. So I I hope that I can fill that role for some, some students here at Quinnipiac. Yeah, definitely. Um, And I'd love if you could just highlight some common challenges or misconceptions that women face when it comes to salary negotiation and what you would recommend uh, as as to how these challenges can be addressed effectively. Yeah, so the, the workshop talks about this double bind. And so it's kind of this conflicting um, demands that women receive about their behavioral expectations. So it's a lot of women feel like they have two choices, either to be competent and liked um, or likable. And they, uh, women will also get, often get this pushback for being assertive. Whereas men, when they're assertive, they're often seen as more competent. 
Um, and I think that we're we're moving away from that, but in our more traditional roles, there's kind of been that that fear that when women speak up for themselves, they're going to not be liked. Um, I don't think one of the ways we talk about it in the class is um, that when you actually use the data to support your asks and your negotiations, um, you seem competent and likable at the same time. So negotiating doesn't have to have this negative connotation. Um, so some of the, the the biggest tip that I really like to talk about from the workshop is articulating your value. So you would say something like I accomplished and then you insert your accomplishment using my skills. So talking about the actual soft and hard skills you demonstrated and this benefited the company with the result. So like, for example, I developed a training program for new hires using my project management and leadership experience and that benefited our company by decreasing turnover by 32%, improving office culture and saving the company an average of $22,000 a year on onboarding costs. So for college students, obviously a lot of them hadn't had jobs yet. Some of you might, right? Some of you could like work at the big Y or at the vet or whatever. So you, some of you do have those accomplishments. But if you think about even what you're doing in your student organizations or on your athletic teams or in your classes, you can start keeping a journal of these accomplishments, start thinking about what kind of skills you gain from these, right? Technology skills, communication skills, professionalism skills, leadership skills, um, oral communication skills. And then think about if you can quantify that, like maybe you in um, did a sorority event. You can think about how many people were there. You could think about exactly how much money you raised. And I think for a lot of the students, I find it's hard for them to, in the moment of the kind of course, think about that. But if you have a place on your computer or on a piece of paper that you're actually documenting those, it's much easier to go back to that. And then once you can articulate your value, it's much easier to make an ask of that. Definitely. And I, um, I've i heard in the past that it's really important to, like you said, quantify your achievements and to really put data to what you have done and what you've achieved. So that's interesting to learn about, especially coming from a perspective of a professor who's worked with students and knows that students maybe don't have as much experience or um, as many uh, clear cut numbers to work with. Um, just being able to kind of use what you have in a strategic way to be able to assert your worth is really important. And going off of that, I'd love to know if you have any specific uh, specific strategies or tips you'd recommend that women uh, use to navigate the salary negotiation process, considering the gender pay gap and other disparities. Yeah, so I think keeping that career journal is really important because that's going to prepare you. Um, when you actually go to the negotiating table, you never want to negotiate until you have an official start, an official offer has been made. So you have to wait until an offer is made before you're actually negotiating. And I think people only think about salary when they're negotiating, but you need to think about all of your benefits. And for the workshop, we help students think about what other kind of benefits there are. So, you know, healthcare benefits, travel benefits, work from home, childcare, dental, et cetera, things like that. Thinking about how you can set your budgets and your expectations, how you can research your target salary that you would like to ask for. And so then you feel like you're going into your negotiations prepared. So my first tip is start your career journal with articulating your um, accomplishments. Second, wait till you are offered before you start negotiating. Um, and third is that you don't want to be the first one to, to, to make a salary number. 
Um, and actually, as of January 1st in 2019, Connecticut employers are prohibited from inquiring prospective employees about their wage or salary histories. Um, so they shouldn't be asked on any of your applications. And then if you're actually in the job interview, um, the, the, the workshop will actually provide you with a script of what you could say. Like, for example, you could say, I'd like to see if I'm a good fit here before we discuss salary. So you kind of distract them from what you're talking about so you can more focus on your values before you actually get into the nitty gritty of the numbers. And then the third thing is to make sure you get everything in writing. So whatever you're verbally negotiating, make sure you get that in writing before you actually sign any of the contract. So these are all things that we go over in the workshop. And I, I really like it because it comes with a workbook that you get to work out of. And so you can actually collect all of these thoughts while you're going along. And we kind of highlight how you would do each of these steps, which I think is really helpful and I feel like students feel more prepared after they leave. Yeah, these are amazing tips. Um... I just want to point out to everyone who's listening that our salary negotiation workshops are coming up in November. Um, so we will be linking uh, the signups below if you'd like to check that out. I'm sure there are a lot of really amazing things to look forward to in those workshops. I'd love if you could just highlight some of those things that students can expect and professionals can expect in the workshops and uh, what you'll be providing in November. Yeah, um, so we have both, we have two different workshops, ones for people who are already in the career field and one for more focused on students. Um, I teach the one that's more for focused on students. Um, it talks about finding your accomplishments. We look at a bunch of examples of accomplishments, thinking about articulating your value. We talk about salary ranges. We talk about budgets. We talk about how to negotiate it. We actually have some role-playing activities where you can kind of go back and forth as one person being the employer, one person being the employee. Um, again, I mentioned we get you get a workbook that has all of these kind of scripts in there so you can practice. Um, I really encourage students to talk aloud and practice before they go into the interview. Um, like not even just saying it in your mind, but actually saying it out loud to, I mean, even your cat or your stuffed animal is fine, or your, I mean, your roommate would be even better, right? But actually saying the negotiation out loud, having one role play the other one. Um, students are often at, um, nervous about talking about salary, but the truth is most of the time you're talking with someone from HR and these guys think about it all the time. Like it is not awkward for them because they say it again and again where you on the other side don't get to talk about it as much. So um, the class, you actually get to practice kind of some scripts that you might might say, but it's a very hands-on workshop. Um, I think it's a really useful work time of your hour because you'll be more prepared. You'll have things that you can actually tangible items that you can take with you to your first job interview, no matter what field you're gonna be in. Yes, this is open to everyone. I will definitely be in attendance. Um, so I definitely recommend this opportunity to everyone who's listening. And just to move on from that, um, I'd love if you could share a positive impact you've witnessed through your work as an AAUW Smart Start facilitator in helping women achieve better outcomes in salary negotiations. Yeah, um, sadly, I don't get to see most of the students afterwards, but um, at the end of the class, I get a lot of positive feedback. Um, people, they take a before and after survey, and the survey seemed to be very positive. People seem more confident. So I, I'm always impressed that in just an hour, you can feel more confident in a skill that you you, you didn't know you had. Um, I did have a, a student um, take the class and then he's gone on to negotiate some salary. So I did get to touch base with him 
afterwards. So it is open to both men and women. Um, I mean, it started off from the university, the AUW, AAUW um, that it is open to both male and female students. And along those lines, have you encountered any notable shifts or changes in recent years regarding salary negotiations? Um, I think these laws about stating past salaries um, is really helping. It's a law in Connecticut. It's a law in many other states where you can't write the salary ahead of time. Um, the researchers have found that the salary history question in the hiring process is the most pervasive reason that the gender gap pay still exists. Mm -hmm. So with these laws on the books, hopefully we'll kind of see that, um, that gap coming together. Um, I don't, the data is not there yet because it's just, I mean, it started in like 2018 and 2019, but, um, so that's positive. I also think there's a cultural shift of, um, it being more culturally acceptable for women to advocate for themselves. So I really, I think that's another positive direction that everybody should be advocating for themselves. I, I definitely have been in interviews before where employers have asked what my salary expectations are. And I think also that can be kind of a misleading or a sort of invasive question to be asked in that process, because it's not something that you want to be speaking about right off the bat. You want to definitely assert your value as, a, as an employee, as a person, before you really get down to those numbers. So I'm interested to see um, in the workshop how to navigate that situation and, and others like it. Um, but in your opinion, uh, I would love to know what role does mentorship and community support play in empowering women and others to advocate for fair compensation in their careers? Yeah, I, I love this question because I think it is really the most important, right? Um, mentorship was really how I was able to negotiate um, because you really don't know how to negotiate because you don't know what your salary range should be. Um, and that you can really get from mentors in your field can help you target a salary range because that's going to vary differently between the companies, between the position, between the location. Um, your mentors can also help you kind of narrow down what benefits might be encompassed and might be there might be more wiggle room on. Um, so they they're going to play a really important role in like in your the negotiation of your specific field. Um, I also think they kind of give you the confidence to be able to negotiate. Um, this workshop is a very broad one. It's for anybody in any field. Um, and I think these will be applicable across um, all, all disciplines. But I think that that mentorship and kind of community feel will give you more of a, a, a zoomed in approach on your discipline. So very, very important. All right. Well, that was my last question. Thank you so much for joining us today. I definitely learned a lot and I'm looking forward to the workshops. So thank you again for joining us on our podcast. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I think this is a really important topic. So I love that, love that we're thinking about it. And as a reminder, please click on the registration links for the Zoom salary negotiation sessions in the description of this episode or on the M&T Bank Center for Women in Business website. There is one workshop on November 2nd for students and one for professionals on November 8th. As always, thank you for listening.